You play with anyone because this music is for everyone. But I don't really see that other places either. Like when I look at who's playing together, it's still segregated. It's still segregated. There's so much we can learn from each other's types of music. There's so much we borrow, but then we end up self-segregating racially Mm -hmm. or being forced to like stick to our own kind. So uh, it's not like that here. You're listening to In Weird Cities, where we dive into a city's music scene through a series of heart-to-hearts with artists who call it home. It's for those of us who loved getting lost in music magazines, who like listening to the stories of our favorite songwriters, and who want to know where these artists are coming from. The voice you heard at the beginning of this episode belongs to Mariah Parker. She's a rapper who goes by Lingua Franca, and she's been instrumental in bringing together the rock and rap scenes in Athens. In addition to that, she's a PhD candidate in linguistics at UGA. And in 2018, she was elected as a county commissioner. She was sworn in with her fist in the air and her other hand on the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mariah is only 27 years old. She has a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy, a lot of excitement. When it comes to performing, she has a lot of nervous energy too. Here she is talking about the experience of performing on stage. The thing I tend to remember the most is the ecstasy and the mm-hmm, joy mm-hmm. and the ferocity of being up there. I, that's what is implanted in my memory. That's why the nervousness catches me off guard every time, even right. though I know it's a thing. So I'm right. like, well, I forgot about this and here it is again. Shit. So yeah. I do look forward to shows until like the three hours before the show. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah. I channel all that anxiety into flailing around, crawling mm-hmm. on the ground, jumping <laughs> up and down, screaming, just being my emotions yeah. on stage. And it's very, very cathartic. So it's ultimately super rewarding and I recommend it to anyone. Does the size of the crowd matter to you or it's the same no matter what? Intimate crowds are more intimidating mm-hmm. in a sense because you have a really unique opportunity to connect one-on-one with more people. Right. And if you miss it, then you miss it versus... Well, there's like 700 people here and I can't really sing to all of you. And so Mm -hmm. there's a sense of disconnectedness to that Mm -hmm. for me. Or even if you lock in with someone's eyes, you know that that's just one 700th of like the connective potential of that room that day. What's your biggest show been so far? I think it might have been the drive-by truckers at Homecoming this Uh, year. I'm not sure, but either that or um, the ATL Collective's A Tribe Called Quest tribute show at Terminal West, which was also um, a sold out show. I don't know what the capacity is there, but it's quite large. Yeah. I love that you played with the drive-by truckers. Yeah, me too. Did you know them before? Is that how you met them? No. Patterson emailed me out of the blue. Well, you know what? That's not true. I had played a benefit show for our now mayor Mm-hmm. About a year ago with Patterson, he did a solo set before the homecoming show last year. And so we did not really meet then. I saw him perform and like knew who he was starting then. But then, yeah, he emailed me out of the blue about playing uh-huh. homecoming with them this past February. Mm-hmm. And now we're homies. It's awesome. Yeah. Now, let's backtrack a little to the time when Mariah first came to Athens. When she arrived, she was more into the rock scene and she wasn't rapping yet, not publicly at least. But she was reaching out to the hip-hop community by going to a weekly event called MC Funk Jam at Nowhere Bar every Wednesday night. It was there that she met another rapper named Squale, and he's here to tell you about his first impressions of her. He started coming in randomly, and I was just like, who is this girl with the afro? Like, where did she come from? And I finally, um, when she first would come in, I never said anything to her. 
And after about a week or two, I was finally like, who are you? Where, <laughs> where are you from? I've never seen you before. She'd always come in and just dance her freaking lights away, just <laughs> dance all night. And I said, this girl's fun, man. Like, who are you? And we met that way. Uh, she was Mariah uh-huh. at the time. Um, she would come through and... She'd come I, by herself? She would come by herself sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes she'd bring a friend or two. Mm-hmm. I met a lot of people through her. Yeah. And uh, one day she just came in and she was like, hey, you know, I can rap, you know, I'm, I, I write and stuff like that. I was like, really? Um, we had a portion of the event where we would just like invite people on the stage, mm-hmm. people that play instruments, rappers, singers, whatever. Just come on stage, do your thing. Yeah. And uh, one day I was like, you going to do it today? And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I said, like, come on, you got it. <laughs> and she was like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'll wait. So I got on stage and they started playing and I was like, everybody make some noise for Mariah. Oh. And she was like, uh, no. <laughs> you made her do but it. you know, she, she wouldn't was, do she it. Was put on, no, she did. Oh, she did she, it. <laughs> she was put on the spot and she went up there and my God, she was amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. And at first, like she was her words were so intense and uh, she was saying words I never heard before <laughs> that I had to go and look up. And uh she but she was amazing. Yeah. And uh from there she would come every week. Uh-huh. And just get on the stage, and she would be up there with us, hands up, and uh, I, I just told her like, you need to, you need to like try to do something, yeah, see what, see what happens. And uh, the week later, my my stage name is Lingua Franca, mm-hmm. and a couple weeks after that, she was doing her own shows mm-hmm. and recording. So yeah, we got a lot yeah. of history, yeah, yeah. And to see where she went from then to now is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for. Her. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you were you really inspired her. Yeah, that's what she says. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything to me. I just feel like I said, hey, get on the stage. Yeah. I think I just gave her the little push. Right, you know? right. Somebody had to give it to me. Mm-hmm. And from there, she just full freaking steam ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Lingua Franca. Let's run track. Let's get it. Such cold rides that go might go You know, I was in my second semester then of linguistics master's mm-hmm. program at UGA, and I became really interested in the idea of lingua francas of like different things that were be were that we communicate across cultural boundaries with things mm-hmm. like I don't know English on the internet. But also like Mandarin in ma- in mainland China, or you know French in post colonial Africa, and stuff like that. And I also started thinking about hip hop as one too. And so um, I don't know. It sounded cool, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, that's it. But I didn't have any friends in hip hop yet. I was like yeah. very immersed in the rock scene still, and so except for Squale and LG. So I. Uh, just hit people up on like Bandcamp and SoundCloud, like, yo, I'm putting together a show. Yeah. And then like met them in real life pretty much like at the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are, were there a lot of people that were kind of going between like hip hop and rock? I don't think so. Not yet. When I hear yeah. about from Wes about the way things have changed, it seems like at the time it was pretty, it felt pretty isolated. Mm-hmm. And same with like Squala and LG that like once upon a time, they would, they would never play at a place like Creature Comforts that is very like, Upper okay. middle class and like golf yeah. shoes. And, and now so, they do? And now they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so 
uh, which isn't even in the realm of rock. They've even rocketed up past that into the stratosphere of like very moneyed, you know, right. golf club people. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's even a lot of like connection between us as a hip hop community. Like we didn't even know where each other were yeah. or what we were doing. So just to clarify for people who are not from Athens, Creature Comforts. Creature Comforts is, is a, a very is a very famous brewery here mm-hmm. now. They were recently featured in an Avengers movie, their beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about the whole thing. No, I didn't hear about yeah, that. Yeah, so I guess in their trailer, short story, in their trailer, yeah. like one of the main characters, maybe Captain America, is like drinking an Athena or a Tropicalia mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. which is like their famous beer. And then apparently, like, I don't know, it was in the movie or something. But shout out to them. They made yeah. it big. They like... The movie was shot in in Georgia, and so uh-huh. like they were like drinking Creature Comforts on set. We're like, we're gonna put it in the movie, so it's That's a big cool. thing for them. Yeah, and Creature Comforts has been a big thing for us. They've done a lot of philanthropic things here in Athens as well, yeah. so they're cool. I like them. I ain't trying to throw shade. Yeah. Y'all know they got money though, so. <laughs> but they do have so their musical performances before would have been more like indie rock kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like light, tinkly, maybe even like you know. Like jazz ensemble yeah. mm-hmm. to drink by, which who wants to drink to jazz? I don't know. I need to hear some Sita Mechanica and pound some peepers, <laughs> man. Yeah. Are they like different nights or like different kinds of music, or is it really could you be on a bill where there's all different music playing? In these times, it could be a, a very completely mixed bill. Yeah. Of like Squale and LG, which are like party rap. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like some of it's like for kids and it's really energetic with yeah. like a punk band. And like a pop band, frankly. Yeah. So I think that's really special for Athens. I don't think that's happening other places. I don't think so either. I, I mean, I when I tour, I end up playing with other acts, but it's because we've developed this, I don't know, this this disposition of like, yeah, mm-hmm. we play with anyone because this music is for everyone. Right. And you can kind of tell that in the way that we act now because we're so we've kind of grown into that mm-hmm. but I don't really see that other places either like when I look at who's playing together it's still segregated it's still yeah. segregated there's so much we can learn from each other's types of music there's so much we borrow but then we end up self-segregating racially mm-hmm. or being forced to like stick to our own kind so uh, it's not like that here that much anymore it's, it's not yeah a music scene it's a, and I mean music as a whole spectrum is to me pretty welcoming. Mm-hmm. I've done events with uh, rock bands and mm-hmm. uh, I've worked with folk singers and pop singers. Yeah. So as far as music here, I think it's very open. In, and I think it's growing too. Yeah. Well, like yeah. under what circumstances are you working with a I'm right folk now. I'm or... working on something with uh, a band called Miss Norma. Miss Norma. Okay. They uh, constructed an instrumental. Mm-hmm. And uh, asked for me to write the whole song. Oh wow! You know, so stuff like that. There's certain events that I play. I played with the Norm before. Mm-hmm. Um, certain bands like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of trying to bridge the gap. Yeah. Between the genres. Do you go to shows for like yeah. rock? You do? I try to if yeah. they are on the weekend and I'm available uh-huh. and not performing myself. Right, I try right. to support a lot of the music here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of growth in the support for the hip-hop, too. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about bridges between the hip-hop and rock communities, we have to talk about Joel Hatstadt. Joel's a member of the rock band Sin Mechanica, which Mariah mentioned when she was talking before about the best music to drink to at Creature Comforts. 
Joel's recorded the interviews you're hearing here. He does a lot of mastering work. And he also recorded Lingua Franca's Model Minority and Squale's Black Picasso, which was his last full-length album. Here's Joel talking about what he brings to a project. I'm choosing projects that I think I can contribute to, that I have a lot of working knowledge in. And I've been listening to rap and been involved, invested in hip hop culture for as long as I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, that was some of the first music I listened to um, when I started listening to music when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And, and I think that like coming from a, from a rock background, I can sort of add um, some good melodic or interesting textural work, you know, that maybe would be atypical because I've, you know, I've played electric bass on a lot of people's tracks or I've added keyboards or tried to like sample and splice up some like real drum sounds instead of just using some like, you know, chintzy sample or whatever. Like, I don't know, I kind of approach it like it's a rock record a lot of times or a punk record and tend, sometimes things end up being dirtier or, or I don't know, just I try and make them, I end up pulling them more towards like my wheelhouse. I should also mention here that Joel is married to Michelle Monroe, who is a teacher here in Athens. Michelle is also playing a big part in bringing communities together. She saw what Mariah was doing with her music, her work in linguistics, where she's studying hip hop and education, and in her community organizing. And Michelle helped Mariah get involved with a local school where she's currently working with fifth graders. Yeah, so I've been going to Barrow Elementary School right down well, I guess not right down the street from here, right down the street from my office on campus and working with them on civic engagement projects that are sort of like artistically based, a lot of them. And it's been really fascinating because uh, the kids' ideas for what they want to fix are so deep. And I'm really shocked that these kids are in fifth grade because most of them want to end gun violence. They're aware of how vulnerable they are in their schools Mm -hmm. to like just to being shot to death, which is crazy if you're yeah. 10 and 11 years old. But they're like raising money, they're making dances and hip and, and performances of like hip hop songs mm-hmm. and all and like websites and quizzes to help inform people and like motivate people to action around that. And it's just so incredible. Yeah. Uh, things like lemonade stands to help end animal abuse and provide clean water for children in Africa and uh, just Black Lives Matter broadly, which I was mm-hmm. like, hell yeah, get it, kids. Yeah, uh, They're really, really smart. They just need someone to help connect, I think, what they want to do to both like real-world artistic practice and right. like what it actually looks like to be civic in Athens. Like, oh, this is how you contact the mayor. This is how you contact like, the clerk of commission. This is how you write your senator, whatever. Yeah. As well as, yo, like if you're in a rap duo about your song about gun violence, one of you could be the hype man. They're like, oh my God, <laughs> we didn't really think about it like that. Like, no violence, no violence. Like they yeah. like, you know, they yeah. they need that too. So it's been yeah. super fun. It's, it's been super, 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 super fun. So, so shout good. out to Joel and Michelle. It's awesome. Hook it up. I mean, can you imagine learning that in fifth grade? That would have changed my whole Oh my gosh, my I would life. have started rapping way before I did yeah. if I had seen something like that. Right, right. Dun, dun, all, dun. Yeah, I mean, all of it, all of like the community involvement, that was just not a part of my no. education. There's like very little civics education whatsoever these days, and I no. very much feel it is purposeful. Yeah. A very docile and uninformed citizenry is like a good thing for the people in power. So yeah, I obviously think yeah. that's bullshit, but it's yeah. real. It's real. And we got to do something about it Yeah, as, as citizens, as right. a part of our civic engagement, we're mm-hmm. making up ourselves having never learned it. Yeah. 
it's a hostile environment for teachers too, where it's like, oh, you have to be apolitical and neutral, and or you'll, you know, or you'll just lose your job. Even though we're very, but you don't have to. But I don't have to. That's the thing. That's the thing that's really fun. Yeah, I come in there and I, for example, these kids wanted to like put up these like paintings all around town to inform people about climate change. Okay. And I said, well, have you ever heard of eggshell stickers? They're like, what are those? And, and I explained, yeah. you know, these little mailing labels that like never come off yeah. that people tag town with. Yeah. And I show them online or you <laughs> give them. <laughs> and I was like, yo, just do your drawings on these and throw yeah. them all over town and they'll like be there forever. And they're like, wow, that's so cool. And yeah. then I was like, please don't tell your teachers though. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, yeah, like they'll find okay. out either way. It's fine. But yeah, like we need, we need like truly resistive and like uh-huh. disruptive ways of yeah. engaging in. Yeah, and and civic life. So the, it's really get it, cool. fifth graders. I like, yeah. hope to see your tags around town. When was the moment where you were like, "This is my home"? Was there a kind of a shift? I think that the shift between my master's and my PhD was the moment I decided that Athens was home for me because that was a that was the time when I decided if I was leaving. Mm-hmm. I applied to other schools, arguably better schools, and I was toying with you know the thought of whether my career meant enough to abandon the work that I had already started here in terms of community organizing mm-hmm. or both around hip hop and politically. And so I decided, no, I am not going to be one of those people that like just takes what they want from Athens and leaves. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who get their degree and then they bounce and they n- don't, don't ever even say thank you. And so staying here for my PhD was a way to like continue that work and expand yeah. it and as a way of kind of giving back. So that's when I decided like Athens was my home. Okay. And that is that when you ran for county commissioner at that point? I wasn't yet involved in electoral politics. I was doing little things like uh, fundraising through these hip-hop shows or hosting postcard parties where people would come and get mm-hmm. guidance on how to write to their elected officials as well as like postcards and stamps and you know all these yeah. all the material needs and, the, and then the social support too. And organizing with groups like the anti-discrimination movement just to bring people out to rallies, speaking and getting people jazzed up. But I didn't see myself as a politician. I still don't. I mean, yeah. I just woke up. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's still, it's still really funny. But I yeah. guess this is the quality of politician that it's like overdue to actually do the thing. Right, right. Well, it's like public servant versus politician. Right? That's true. I guess I don't really think about that distinction often. They're yeah. they seem like synonyms, but maybe they're not. No, I think you have to choose to be a public servant and like really believe Whoa. in it, right? Whoa, yeah. I think you've chosen it. <laughs> wow, because it, it does feel like politics sometimes. The smiling at people who are mm-hmm. like evil, Ooh. the like having to, the compromises that are hard and heartbreaking and things like that, that's politics. But I guess at the end of the day, you, yeah, like you said, you have to choose to be a public servant. Yeah. How's it going? Ah, it's good. No, it's good. It? Yeah, no, it is going good. I I feel like I found my stride. I found my people. I found my like you know techniques and strategies, and it got my game plan. Well, as well as I've become open to the way that game plans shift under mm-hmm. different climates. You know, a lot of the things I planned to do when I came in, now I understand the nuance of, and have broken it down into different steps or taken different directions with them while keeping some of the basic principles the same. So that kind of like mindset, I mm-hmm. feel really at home in now. And uh, yeah, so I guess for all that, it's going pretty good. Yeah. Do you feel like that you're at the beginning of your career with this stuff? Or yeah, you, I think yeah. so. I mean, yeah. it's ultimately up to the people to decide. So I never right. like bank on, I'm going to be a politician for the rest of my life, uh-huh. you know, and I'm never giving up this power. If I lose election last year or next year, then that's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine because that's not for me to... You know, it's for it's for the people, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I obviously plan for it because we need a, some continuity and leadership, I think, yeah. just a little bit to get some good things rolling right. without people like just holding a seat for a long time because they like having the fancy, shiny like name tag that mm-hmm. says commissioner. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking ahead as if this is going to be a thing. But if it's not, then like I'm still a public servant, right? That's yeah. the thing they can't really take away from you. Yeah. Yes, Mariah for Athens, Mariah for America. How amazing is she? And actually, her friend Squale, who was on before to describe Mariah's transformation into lingua franca, he's also doing some incredible, impactful work with kids in the community. Squale was born Torrance Wiltshire, and he has a fascinating story of his own, so I'm just going to let him speak for himself. So tell me about your name, Squale. What does it mean? Ooh, Squale translate. Uh, in uh, Swahili. It means young in age, wise in mind. Um, like the American version of old soul mm-hmm. is what it means in Swahili. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I originally got it just from battle rapping when I was younger. Yeah. And uh, in New York, squale means like cops are coming. So oh. when, they're, when they're yelling, squale, squale, that uh-huh. means cops is coming, go. Um, uh-huh. And I got that name because when I was battling, there were people that would like disappear and stuff when I was coming up. So okay. this guy was just like, "Yeah, man, you like the squale." Yeah, like, oh. is that you know a compliment? It or? was a compliment. Okay, um, and I just stuck with it. From okay, there. I didn't find out later what it meant mm-hmm. until I was in college. I right. met this guy from Africa, and oh. I was just telling him I did music, and my name was Squale, and he was like Squale, and mm-hmm. he told me about it then. Oh, yeah. so you already so had the name. Like, I already had the name, yeah. That's really... So when he told me that, it was like, yeah, this is like something that I should Yeah, that's with. meant to be. Yeah, definitely so. Very mm-hmm. accidental. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were in New York, you said you moved when you were nine? Yeah. Well, so nine you were, years old. So how old were you when you started? Ooh, rapping? I had to be like five or six. I was rapping like crazy. I grew up in that era of the uh, early 90s hip-hop, the 80s hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of those influences. Yeah. And uh, I just got into it. I wasn't even that good, I don't think. But uh, I guess because I was a kid battling like older yeah. kids and stuff like that, it just kind of... I don't know. I think you're being modest if you were named because it was yeah. like everyone else it, disappeared because you were doing a, a good job. Where people just didn't want to <laughs> do it. I don't know. They didn't want to yeah. battle you. They didn't want to battle me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how or why. I what? never questioned it. Yeah. That's how the name came. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of stuck with it from there. And did you go to high school here in Athens? I went to Clark Central okay. for about two months. Then I moved to uh, Commerce High School, which okay. is about 30 minutes up the road. I moved with my brother. Personally, I was getting in a lot of trouble. And it was just a decision that I wanted to make for myself to remove myself from an environment and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it was a great decision. It was yeah. probably the best thing that could have happened to me. So what was it like after you moved? It was tough at first. Yeah. Commerce is uh, predominantly white, and uh, I was pretty much been around black people all my life. Mm-hmm. So it was a tough adjustment at first. But they accepted me. I played sports, and uh, I stayed out of trouble. I met some good people that mm-hmm. would... Hey man, let's go to the studio and let's go do this and let's go do this. It was just a completely different mm-hmm. environment. I think it saved my life, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. So you decided as like a, what what grade were you in? I was ninth grade, ninth mm-hmm. grade, and I I could feel myself just kind of slipping. Mm-hmm. I had no guidance. I had no direction. The music was there, but I wasn't recording or none of that stuff. So it was just like I talked to my mom one day and I was like, I gotta go. 
Yeah. And she was like, your brother lives in Commerce. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, well, ask him. Yeah. And gladly he took me in. And like a couple months later, he took my little sister and brother too. Oh, wow. So we all just kind of grew up in Commerce. And from there, I just I was kind of able to just find myself and grow a little bit more mm-hmm. without so many distractions. Yeah. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? I have four siblings. Okay. So, so your older I'm, brother. I'm in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have an older brother and sister. And a younger brother and sister. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the middle. And I think I still have middle child syndrome, (laughs) (laughs) which I think uh, pushes me to rap. Yeah, um, because you need that attention. Yeah, I need the attention because I never got it. Uh So rapping was like my way of speaking. Right. uh, Because I wasn't being heard, I don't think. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a lot of stuff that influences why I do what I do. Okay. And then you went away to college, right? Yeah. Went to Alabama State. Okay. Which is in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first got there, I was not doing music. So there was this big gap from like 18 to like 22 mm-hmm. where I didn't do no music. I was playing basketball. Okay. So it was, I was too busy to record. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about Montgomery. Okay. I chose that school for basketball. Okay. And because it was so involved in like civil rights and stuff like yeah. that, I chose ASU. But uh, I didn't record I didn't, okay. do, I didn't write. I didn't do anything for a long time. What were you studying? I was studying engineering. Wow. Yeah. That's what I am now. I am a mechanical engineer. That's great. Like, I don't tell nobody, but yeah. <laughs> nobody knew. Nobody I did. I, I asked that. around a little bit. Now they're going to know. <laughs> they're going to know now. Some <laughs> people you, know. You know, most people don't. What do you do as a mechanical engineer? Do you have I, a- am, I work for a place called Hitachi. Okay. And we make car parts for yeah. Hyundai, Nissan, Ford mm-hmm. being our main one. Um, And a couple others, we make parts for them. And my job is pretty much make sure all the machines are running, all the parts are good, stuff like that. And I'm I'm getting promoted soon. Okay. Ooh, it's pressure. Yeah. So it's like a regular day job, 40 hours a week. You're going to the office. Pretty much um, more than 40, but pretty much 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's intense. Can you talk to me about the step team that you coach? Oh, gosh, these little girls. Oh, it's girls. Yeah, the girls. Um, <laughs> I had a I had a team a couple years ago that had one boy, but for the most part, they're all girls oh, and they're so all funny. crazy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How old are they? Um, I have a middle school uh-huh. team oh, and a goodness. high school team. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the middle school team is uh we're four time seating champions here. Wow. Uh, four times consecutively, we are state champs and we are like top five in the nation. Wow. At the middle school level. That's amazing. Yeah. The high school team is actually. Working, we just won our first like little championship, and uh, I'm hoping to get them involved in the state and the national rankings next year. Wow! Yeah, so I'm working. How did you get involved with that? Funny thing, I got back from college in January of uh, 14. I met my um, I didn't meet my nieces, but I had been gone for a while. Um, last time I saw my nieces, they were like three or four years old. Yeah. I was gone um, in commerce, and my school was in another state, mm-hmm. so I didn't see them a lot. So when I got back, I met, I saw them again. They were teammates. They were mm-hmm. middle schoolers. They were stepping at Hillsman okay. for the team, and they knew I could step and stuff like that. So they was just like, come help us out. Come look and see. I went just to see. You know, I didn't go to coach or anything mm-hmm. else. And by the time I was done with the practice, I was like coaching. Yeah, I went in there just to look, uh-huh. and it was just like, no, that ain't right, that ain't right. <laughs> and the other coach was like, who are you? Like, what? That's my uncle. He can step, and and she just kind of just let me do it. Yeah. 
Um, and I apologize to her. I love mm. her to death. But yeah. I just kind of took the practice over. And she was like, well, let's do it together. Okay. And my first year there, we won. And then we kept winning, kept winning, wow. kept winning. Yeah. So I've been, I've been at Hillsman for four years. They're there five days a week, Monday really? through Friday, from about four to eight or four to nine, so or four you, to ten. So you're going after work? Yeah. After work, I'm going to work like oh. 3 a.m. to 3 p.m. Whoa. Yes. Most days. Uh, some days I go to work at 6 a.m. Uh-huh. Either way it goes, I'm getting up early going to work. And from work, I'm going straight to the school. Yeah. Yeah. To be surrounded by schools. crazy teenage girls. Oh, my God. I go to both schools <laughs> so every day, pretty much. Really? It's intense. So it, it's a job. It's a it's job. It's a job. It's not a volunteer. It's a volunteer thing. It's a volunteer thing, but job? I, I, yeah, I don't get paid to do it. Oh, man. I don't want to get it. And uh, the school tries to pay me, so they yeah they'll they'll give me a stipend, but I never spend it on me. I normally just uh-huh. buy costumes or something okay. with it. Oh, it's man. strictly voluntary. Yeah, Dude. it's intense. It's time consuming, and it's it's, <laughs> it's girls, man. You know, yeah, those. It's, I mean, it's I was a girl that age. Every day. Like, yeah, there's a, a lot going on. There's oh, so much drama. God. Is it that drama? Is <laughs> there's these there's boys. They tell There's, you about all of it? Oh, they tell you're me like about big all of it. I'm like yeah. big brother. Mm-hmm. And even like father to some of them. Yeah. I'm literally sitting at tables with the parents. I'm I'm in the classes with the teachers. Mm-hmm. Teachers are calling me before they call the parents half the time. Hey, yeah. can you talk to such and such? Because I don't want to call her mom just yet. You you think you can get through to her first? Yeah. It's this it's but I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. I treat those girls like they're my own. Yeah. Yeah. They and drive me crazy. I bet. <laughs> oh, my God. But don't let nobody tell you what you can and can't be in this world. Squalette. Squalette. Look, I was down on my luck. Down. Started from nothing. The only thing that I got, I had to get it with hustle. Okay. You only get a few trusts when you get born in the struggle. You bear the weight of the world. You better have a few muscles. Because if you don't, it can all fall down. down. I feel like a king. I'm looking for the crown. Whenever you trying to move up, they try to hold you down. And a lot of As I mentioned in the show notes, this episode was recorded last year, May 2019, in Athens, Georgia. Now I'm speaking to you from Brooklyn in 2020, in the midst of the biggest social justice movement of my lifetime. And when I hear people chanting, Black Lives Matter, I think of Squale taking on the role of a father to the girls on his step team. And I think about Mariah bringing together the rock and hip-hop scenes without even knowing that this simple solidarity work among artists could play such a big role in the movement that is happening in Athens, Georgia right now. And of course, there is more work to be done. I would love for you to listen to Mariah's podcast, which she co-hosts with the brilliant Dope Knife. It's called Waiting on Reparations. Waiting on Reparations is intense, and it's really important. Maria Parker has a lot more to say. I'll link to it on my Instagram, at In Weird Cities, and I'll also link to the music of Lingua Franca and Squale. And this Athens saga will continue. If you like nostalgic video games and loud guitars, I will be back soon with Bit Brigade, Double Ferrari, Cinemechanica, and We vs. the Shark. 
You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. These interviews were recorded by Joel Hatstadt of High Jump Media. Our intro and outro music is You in Weird Cities by Jeff Rosenstock. Mariah and Squale, I'm sending so much love to you in Athens and to Joel and Michelle and Marcy and to everyone else out there. Thank you for listening. <laughs>